It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening to everyone in Houston. The Houston Astros have clinched their sixth straight ALCS. And tonight we talk about just a series recap. What what went well, what didn't go well, what things need to improve or change going into the ALCS. As we speak, the Yankees are on top of the Guardians 4-2. We don't yet know how that game will end, so maybe when you're driving into work on a Monday, you'll already know the opponent for the Houston Astros. This is Locked on Astros. Make sure that you tune in to us. Let's talk about this amazing series win and sweep in Seattle. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked on Houston Astros and we're your daily Astros podcast. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook Always positive, always strows. You can find the show at Locked on Astros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And are my co-host who isn't here right now. You can find Eric Man Heisman at Eric Talk Strohs and at Eric Heisman on Instagram. And wherever you get social media, I'm sure you can find Eric there. Today's episode is brought to you by yours truly, Locked on Astros. Make sure you make Locked on Astros your first listen Every single day, we do our best to bring you the best news, the latest news, and the best breakdowns of every series and every game that is played with the Houston Astros. Mr. Cronus says this about the series going on. I want the series to go five games so that New York wins only to lose to the Astros. That's not a bad philosophy. And Jose says, this is the only time I want the Yankees to win. I want them to get beat by the Astros. Everybody wants the Astros. I mean, everybody wants the Yankees. Brad says, I feel like the Yankees have better talent, but the Guardians have a better manager. That is a great statement. And one more, I'm going to start the top of this with the fourth comment. Jay Roberts says, I want to go five games too, but so much want to see Cole get punched here. That's right. So the Houston Astros just completed a three-game sweep of the Seattle Mariners. And what was an absolute just marathon barn burner of a game. You want to talk about energy that was what a lot of Mariners feel maybe wasted because we've been through an 18 inning game. I've personally been to an 18 inning game and I can't imagine what that's like now (laughs) being almost twice my age, you know, 47 now. I was a little bit younger then. But what a series. Thank you for the compliment on the hat. I appreciate it. Yes, this is one of my favorite hats that I recently purchased. It was a drop I got from Lids. But I wanted to talk about some things with this series because I think there are some things that we need to make sure that we don't lose focus on. And I think there are some things that maybe didn't go the way of the Astros, but does not give me a reason for pause going into the ALCS just because of the person we know Jose Altuve is. That's right. Seattle, no mas. That's right. Definitely. They are gone. They have been swept out of here. And you know what's interesting? Before we went live, I actually had a couple of exchanges, actually really positive exchanges with Mariners fans from MLB, from the MLB handle on Twitter. And they said, you know, you guys kicked our tail. 
Um, but just know that we're going to be back next year. That was fun. We want to play more games in Seattle. I said, you know what? Look, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for the back and forth. I'm here for the debate. But it's just seemed to get really ugly. And people got their feelings hurt pretty quickly um, in the Twitterverse. So with, you know, those are all things we can't control. So I just want to go over some things with y'all that I was looking at on Baseball Savant as kind of my source for these um for these uh, statistics. Now, I'm going to go over the hitters that are doing really well and what Jeremy Pena did really well in the game. We're going to talk about that in this first segment. And then in the second segment, we're going to get into Jose Altuve and what he saw and didn't see. And then in the third segment, the last segment, we're going to get into the pitching and just how absolutely effective they are and how I think that really one of the best bullpens, one of the best starting um rotations ever assembled. And yes, I, I mean, comparable to the Braves, um, you know, they went to nine, eight, nine NLCS, but let me get into this. Before I get to all the hitters in the lineup, Jeremy Pena, Jeremy Pena saw 34 pitches yesterday. Jeremy Pena saw 34 pitches. And I think that's why he was able to get that home run where he did. And if you look at the chart, I would encourage y'all to go to Baseball Savant and look at the 3D pitch chart and go to the batter and select Jeremy Pena and look at the pitches he got thrown. He saw 34 pitches. That was the most pitches of any Houston Astro. I think one player saw more pitches than I believe, because I'm not looking at it right now, I believe it was either Carlos Santana or Cal Riley who saw 35 pitches. I'm not looking at it right this second. But... The offense overall, here are their numbers um, from this game, okay, or actually from the postseason right now. The top OPS for the Astros is Jordan Alvarez, 1,086. If I were to give you three names, Yuli Gurriel, Alex Bregman, and Kyle Tucker, who, which of those three would you say automatically, without skipping a beat, who has the highest OPS? It's probably someone like Alex Bregman, right? It's probably someone like Kyle Tucker. It's actually Yuli Gurriel. His OPS is 1,000. I mean, that's that's it's crazy. So you got Jordan leading with an OPS of 1.086. Yuli Gurriel behind him with the 1.00. Then the next man up, who we said needed to have some key at-bats, and he has in this postseason, Alex Bregman at 975. That's amazing. Then it drops a little bit to 794 with Jeremy Pena, who's done a phenomenal job. Kyle Tucker at 780 and Chas McCormick with 661. Everyone else falls off a cliff after that with OPS. Um, but the OPS right now, and you know, I'll, I'll get to Jose Altuve in a second. His OPS is under 100. He literally has not done well. But here's some interesting things about some of the guys in this lineup. Yuli Gurriel struggled in 2020 in the playoffs, in the ALDS. Struggled in 2021 in the ALDS. But he's bounced back, hitting 400 with the 1,000 OPS. He has turned it on at the plate. Kyle Tucker, I looked at his stats, he's declined the last two ALDS. But he still contributed this year. He had a home run. He still was swinging the bat. And so you see these guys, and you think, well, gosh, the offense isn't scoring that much. I don't know what's going on with the offense. You know, are they going to be good enough to take on whoever they face next? You know, it was a 0-0 game into 18 innings. 
like, what are we going to do? This ball club will show up and can show up any day of the week. You still have players that are hitting and that can hit. And the Astros, whether they face the Guardians or the Yankees, and as I speak, again, it's still 4-2. The Yankees are up to bat. It's time the eighth with one out. So we'll see if they finish the game while I am broadcasting this, and then maybe at the tail end, I can curtail that into a little bit of a miniature preview. But Eric will hopefully be back on Monday, and we'll do a preview. And we've got some other guests hopefully joining the show sometime this week. Um, <laughs> someone says Altuve needs Framber psychologist. <laughs> I'll I'll get to Altuve. Um, Mancini, yeah, Mancini, Boom Boom Mancini has been um, bust bust Mancini. He has not been great. Vasquez looked like he was about to take a ball yard yesterday. He had some good swings. He made some good contact, but he has not fulfilled the role that I think the Astros wanted to wanted him to fulfill. Well, listen, here's the deal. This is what I want y'all to realize, that with the Astros, you know that they have your back. With the Astros, you know that this is a safe team to root for. And if you're worried about safety, let me talk to you about Simply Safe, okay? Simply Safe is has, for over a decade, helped over 4 million people to keep their home secure and to protect their home, all right? You don't have to earn the trust of, you don't get to earn the trust of that many people if you're not doing the right thing. And so Simply Safe has a product where they have the best technology, cutting edge, powered by 24-7 security, professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why we love it. Because it's a personal experience. It's demonstrated in your home. They help you set it up. Um, it's, it's just, it's so easy to use. The apps are easy. The installation is easy. And again, the 24-7 monitoring agents and Simply Safe tech support are there to help you. With this monitoring, they will know when a emergency arises. They will contact the first responders to get to your house. They will even be able to tell whether or not the threat is real, whether it's a false alarm. And it also they also have hazard sensors, hazard sensors that instantly detect fires. They instantly detect floods and other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology or ART to visually confirm when a break-in is real so that you have the highest priority to the police dispatch so that they can get there to secure your home. Customize the perfect system for your home today in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an, in, for, for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month absolutely free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Now, you know who keeps us safe? This bullpen. Oh my goodness. This bullpen is amazing. And I just want to tell you, I won't say say who it is, but if you're a fan of the show, you probably know who I'm talking about. I reached out to one certain relief pitcher and told him, congrats, we're super proud of you. Keep the train rolling. And he said, I really appreciate it. That was an amazing game, and we're going to do our best to finish the job. Yes, so the Astros know 
that Locked On Astros and Locked On Astros Nation has their back. And before I get into the relief pitching, it is amazing. Um, so right here, Samuel brings up something key. Y'all, since L.A. and Atlanta are gone and New York may be, I'm really starting to think we may need to prepare for another baseball utopia in Houston. This could be big, y'all. Look, here's the deal. The playoff format, the media has been opining all day and they've been frustrated all day because the Yankees, the Mets, and the Dodgers are all gone. The Astros are the only top seed thus far to sweep. Well, I guess they're the only one to sweep. And unless the Yankees beat the Guardians, which if they if the Yankees win tonight, it goes to a game five in New York, then if they lose, then they're going to say, oh, the playoff system is flawed. But I don't think so. And guys, I really believe that, yes, the bats may have been off a little bit, but we still have a lot to be thankful for. We still have a lot of things that the Houston Astros have done as a team and have done with their relief pitching core and with their, with the basically limiting the runs of the Mariners. And let's just look at this for a second. The Houston Astros, okay, the Houston Astros relief pitchers, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, Hector Neres, Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek, Hunter Brown, Christian Javier, and Luis Garcia. Do you know how many runs they have given up this postseason? How many runs? They've given up a single run. One single solitary run. I am not worried about Jose Altuve if my bullpen is only giving up one run over three games. Average that out, that's 2.5 runs or 2.2 runs in a seven-game series. Wow, they've actually given up one run. They've gave up the one home run. That was Crawford. That was one run. That was it. And Stanek, it got used in the right time. I will not I will not question Dusty's moves. If you go back and you look at that box score and you look at what they did, who came in and gave you multiple innings? The only relief pitcher outside of Luis Garcia gave you two two innings, okay? So let's look at this. Hector Neris comes in after Lance McCullers goes 6, strikes out 7. Hector Neris comes in for 1, strikes out 2. Those 15 pitches. Rafael Montero goes one inning, two strikeouts, 19 pitches. Ryan Presley, one hit, one strikeout, 20 pitches. Then after that, Brian Abreu and Ryan Stanek combined for 22 pitches. Abreu had two Ks, Stanek had one. Stanek only threw 11 pitches. Abreu only threw 10. Hunter Brown comes in, throws 35 pitches, one strikeout, one walk, one hit. And then that brings you to Luis Garcia. I mean, listen to the numbers. We are talking about what I believe is one of the most efficient, most effective, and most potent relief pitching staffs ever assembled in a major league postseason. And do you realize that if the Astros had lost that game, they had plenty of bullets left to go the next day. They didn't burn their pitches so much that they couldn't last and go in game four. 
They absolutely strategically played that. Logan Gilbert was actually going out to the bullpen. The Mariners were running scared. And let me tell you, that is correct. Dusty Baker, guys, it is time to tip your cap, like Mr. Corona says. Dusty deployed his relief pitchers in perfect fashion. You cannot argue with that. Now, we all were like, whenever you got to the point in the game, let me make sure I get this right, after Hunter Brown gave two innings, everybody said they should put Christian Javier out there. And I was like, I don't know. I really feel like this is a Luis Garcia moment, not knowing that he would go out there. And Luis Garcia, I mean, think about this. Lance McCullers starts the game. Six innings, two hits, two walks, seven Ks, 88 pitches. 88, right? Then Luis Garcia ends the game with basically a start, five innings, two hits, Six strikeouts and 64 pitches. He pitches one less inning and pitches almost 20 pitches fewer than Lance McCullers did. Now, the hitters are worn down. It's a little different scenario. Everybody's running a marathon. It's the last one mile of the 26.1 or 26.2, whatever a marathon is. I forget because I actually used to run half marathons. Um, Not very efficiently, but I've ran a few. Um... So it is just one of those things where this relief pitching staff does get the job done. And even when your starting pitchers were not doing great, outside of Lance McCullers, you know, Verlander started off bad. Framber started out, he got better, but they had a lead given up whenever they were in. And so Lance McCullers was the only one that never gave up the lead. All right, so DV is asking me here, um, do you want the Yankees or the Guardians? I think we match up better against the Yankees. I think the Guardians pitchers have shown some vulnerability against the Yankees that I think it makes it, I'm okay with either team. I need this team, the relief pitchers and the starters. I need Justin Verlander to bounce back, have a little bit better start. And he even talked about that, okay? Justin Verlander, after the series was over, he said, you know, ever since the calf injury, when I come back, there have been times when I've been out on the mound and I haven't felt comfortable and some of its mechanics, and I'm working through that. The extra days will help me see what I need to tweak and work on so that I'm ready to go next game. And he said he absolutely loves being being around. And, you know, Lance McCullers, that is a great, that is a great comment there. Lance McCullers is a true ace. When Lance McCullers is pitching, um, that's it. Hunter Brown gets a ton of credit. This is a rookie, y'all. This is a rookie. He gave up a hit. He could have folded. He could have folded like a lawn chair and just given up a lead, right? He didn't. And then Luis Garcia, oh my gosh, this kid pitched. Like, he had never pitched an unflawless game in his life. Like, wait, is this the guy that had 25 consecutive quality starts? Because let me tell you, it was absolutely astounding. From the first game, let's look at this. The Astros were not in command in the beginning. They came back. They were down 7-2, to two, and they won 9-7. to seven. The second game. They were down two to one. They came back and they won both 
multi-run home runs by Jordan Alvarez. Game three, they never got the lead until the 18th inning. And they never relinquished any runs or gave up anything defensively and the pitchers did their job. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I said, I'm sorry. Did I? Yeah, you're right. Three run home run. It was seven to five. It was eight to seven. Thank you. I was there. That's when I blacked out and people accused me of drinking, which I absolutely was not. Um, alcohol is too expensive for me to buy at Minute Maid Park anyway. So but yes, you're right. Thank you. Eight to seven. I appreciate the correction. And this team going into the ALCS, no matter who we play, I love our pitching, and I love how our pitching matches up against any lineup. I think the Guardians have something special going on. They're one of those teams where they don't know they're supposed to lose. The Padres, they didn't get the memo that myself and Matt Thomas on this show when he came on both laughed at Eric's prediction of the Padres being a surprise. The Phillies, they were in third freaking place in their division. They were so far out of first place, it's like the Phillies made the playoffs, and here they are. The Phillies, the Padres, I think that may go the distance. I think that game may go, that series may go all seven games. But make no mistake, the Astros now have home field advantage in the World Series. I'll get to that towards the end in a second, and some people think that's a bad thing. I think this year it's an absolute perfect thing. And as I speak, bottom of the eighth, four to two, there's two outs. There's a guy on first. Jose Ramirez is up to bat. Stephen Kwan walks. So I'll keep y'all up to date. And just for those of y'all listening live, I know if it's the next day, you're already going to know what happened. So I do apologize for any redundancy on information. But Jose Altuve, let's look at Jose Altuve, our our favorite five foot five Major League Baseball player, our Venezuelan king. The guy from Maracay who signed for $15,000 with the Houston Astros has more hits in Major League Baseball since 2011 than any hitter, even Mike Trout. Jose Altuve yesterday, or if you're listening Monday on Saturday, saw 25 pitches, okay, and seven at-bats. 18 of those pitches were out of the zone. Seven of those pitches were in the zone. Only two were hit, and they were both outs. So that means that he swung at, he only had five swings and misses. So he swung at almost everything that was out of the zone. He, and I don't know if y'all, go back and think about what, go back and picture the game. Go back and look at Altuve at the plate, or if you record it, go back and watch Altuve's at-bats. Go watch when the camera pans over to Altuve. That is the first time I think I've seen him befuddled or pressed or really stressed in a long time. And it wasn't just at one point in the game. It was throughout all the game. Okay, And to me, it looked like Jose almost forgot who he is and how much he means. Now, he stayed in the game. He made some defensive plays, so there's always that. But even with him going over, like zero hits in the ALDS, okay? I mean, if you look at his ALDS history, he he has performed well. He has only hit under 200 
in one ALDS up to this season. That was 2015. Every other ALDS, he's hit over 300. He literally has an OPS of .056. This is un-Altuve-like. And he, he has been selected this year. Now, you say he used to be. He has been more selective this year. And he talked about it. He wanted to get to 900. He got to 920 OPS. He got to 300 on the season. He said, I stopped hitting home runs. I stopped swinging at all these other pitches. And I started just trying to make contact. Now, David does say, stop swinging at first pitches. Teams now know this and they throw bad pitches. Yes, but I don't think Altuve is ever going to not swing at a first pitch. I do, though, after that first pitch, think that he needs to be more selective. He needs to remember who he is. And you better bet if there's anybody on this team that's going to go back and look at film, it's going to be Martin Maldonado, and he's going to sit down with Altuve. Altuve, let me show you your at-bats. Let me show you the pitches you swung at. Let me show you where you hit the ball, where it didn't go. Now, in a game like this, I'm not so critical, okay, of Altuve being 0 for 7 because most of the team didn't hit either. But the way he struck out, the pitches he swung at, and the sheer ineffectiveness of his at-bats was a little concerning. Where was the bunting? Where was the trying to create movement on the base pass? I didn't see that. And I think if Altuve's determined to go up, okay, and he's he's determined to go up and hit a home run, he's determined to go up and get a hit, he's not going to bunt. He's just not that guy. Um, but Jose Altuve, make no bones about it, is one of the best hitters in all of Major League Baseball. Again, no one has more hits than he does in the Major League since 2011. So this series, basically you faced a Seattle Mariners team that had gained some momentum. But what did I tell you? Momentum doesn't carry over in a series. So even if the Guardians win, that momentum of beating the Yankees, there's going to be a lull, and they've got a new series. It's a blank slate. It doesn't matter. Everybody's 0-0. Nobody cares how many wins you are. The Mets, the Dodgers, the Braves, done. Two 80-win teams in the National League. Two. Two 80-win teams in the NLCS. That's unfreaking real And we don't even have the guys are sitting here talking about Brantley. Um. He said, I really hope Brantley comes back next year because he would be a great guy to mentor these new guys coming up. He is our best overall bat-to-ball hitter. No lie, the guy's a professional hitter. Um, And yes, this whole whole, um, conversation about Altuve being moved out of the one hole into the sixth or seventh, you're not doing that. You absolutely are not moving Jose Altuve out of the leadoff spot. He still statistically is the best hitter to hit leadoff. And you know what? The best hitter on the planet, or one of them, is allowed to have a poo-poo series, okay? Um, I mean, look, everybody thought Altuve would hit and Yuli would be a big zero. It was flipped. That's why this is a team sport. That's why top to bottom, I don't care if Maldi's getting out, or I don't care if Mancini's not hitting. You've got guys doing enough right now. And the pitchers, go back to the pitchers. If we didn't have the pitching staff we had, maybe this team is in trouble. Maybe this team loses one of those two at home. Maybe this team does not get to – maybe they take it to a four- or five-game series, but they still win either way. 
Um, James Cook is saying, pay more attention to WRC Plus and XWOBA. Um, those tell well how well the batter is doing. That's correct. I just, I hadn't looked at those numbers, you know, for, for all intents and purposes. Tonight, I looked at OPS and that was it. I looked at OPS and just how, how well they've done in the series overall. Okay. The bottom line is this. Um, tomorrow, what I'll do, and I'll do this for James, and I'm going to actually write it down. I'm going to look up the XWOBA and the WRC Plus, and we will talk about that tomorrow night when Eric joins me. I'm hoping that we can get Roflo on this week. We're talking to him. It's not always as simple as he says he can come on and he can come on. He's got a busy schedule. So if we can get Roflo here before the ALCS hits, we will do that. And remember, we're going live each and every day this week. Um, so, okay, fair point. Hunger Eats says Altuve doesn't need help. He knows what he's doing. He's trying to go for Manny Ramirez's record. He may be. Um You've also got to give credit to the Mariners pitchers. You can't just discredit the Mariners pitching. And you can't just say, well, the Astros did 100%. They're the reason why we didn't score more than one run. I mean, you've got to give credit where credit is due. They pitched their tail off. Matt, uh, Matt Brash came in. Seawald came in. Um, Eric came in, um, Langford, Langford, I can't remember all that. Hold on. Let me, let me go back to this box store. I'm sorry. Eric Swanson, Eric Langford was someone I went to school with. Um, Matt Festa threw two innings. Um, Murphy was the one that gave up the home run, but Paul Seawald came in and had four strikeouts. Matt Brash had three strikeouts. Munoz had three strikeouts. You know, Festa had two. So, so they were just on it guys and girls. They, they were, they were, guys like our guys were. I mean, they were being dogs at the mound. And, um, you know, it's funny. Yes. So someone said, I watched Correa talking about WRC plus and Woba. And I've also heard some people say someone sat him down 30 minutes before the airing and they gave him a breakdown. And that's why he sounded so smart. And I'm like, I don't know. I think he's pretty smart. Um, I think he probably knows a lot of that stuff anyways. Um, but look, the bottom line is this. The Houston Astros take care of business. They sweep the Mariners. I didn't think, I thought that going into Seattle, the Astros would would just lose that game. Not because the Astros can't beat the Mariners. I just thought the electricity, I just thought the moment, just sometimes baseball writes its own stories, and it just seemed almost inevitable. First playoff game in 21 years, first home game, the crowd's electric. I thought maybe, you know, of course, Eric forced me to predict, and I predicted that the that the Astros win, I think, like six to three. But I didn't even know. I, I figured it'd be like a one-run game. Um, Jack Lynch, who I think is a Braves fan hanging out with us. We we welcome Braves fans. Um, we're I'm actually really shocked. And actually, I'm kind of pleased that you guys did not make it because y'all were one of the few teams that we really thought were going to give us some troubles. Zach, please, Zach's on the mound. Um, Oswaldo Cabrera is up. He's 0 for 3. And the Yankees are winning four to two. It's two outs. So the Guardians have at least a half inning. And again, if you're listening, the game has already happened. If you're listening on Monday going to work, you're like, Brett, but they won. Look, if the Yankees win, it goes to game five. I think that helps out the Astros because then your pitching situation changes for whatever team comes to Houston. And I'm going to end with this, okay? We're going to wrap this up in the next few minutes. Um, home field advantage. Some people are laughing at that. 
because what happened in 19, what happened in 21 when we had when we had home field advantage. Okay, we lost. Um, I was at the one win that we had in those two um, World Series, Game Two of the 2021 World Series. My son and I were there. It was one of the most amazing sports experiences of my life, and so I just really believe that this year is different. I look at what this team can do, look at what the pitchers can do, and with limited runs, we can still win ball games. I think that's huge. I think our pitchers are the right guys to neutralize, whether it's um, Schwerber, whether it's Harper, whether it's Riamuto, whether it's Soto, um, Cronenworth, who that dude, that dude's hitting out of his mind right now. Um, look, we've got to get to the Padres early if we play them. We've got to get to the Phillies early. Both of their closers are very good. Hater has found his heater again. Hater has found his moxie. The once asked the one-time Astro prospect. I actually have a rookie card of his, um, a little miniature purple. It's like a 99 rookie Josh Hader. But man, I sure would love for us to whoever it is, top the Yankees or the Guardians and then go to the World Series. And if it's a Padres, hey, let's get them back for the 90s. Let's get them back for the year that we were supposed to go to the World Series with Randy Johnson and they beat us. Come on. Let's let's get some old school nostalgia, National League Baseball, and let's butt heads with them, right? So right here, Mr. Corona says, between the Padres and the Phillies, who has the 2019 vibes about them? You know, Mr. Corona, I, I, would, I would have to say both. And that's what's weird because I genuinely did not think that, but I did not think that the Dodgers were going to lose that series. I just, I thought that the Dodgers were going to find it in that second game that, that they would go up two one. Yeah. I just, I just, I didn't think that the, I really, really am shocked that the Dodgers lost. I'm not shocked that the Padres won, but I'm shocked that the Dodgers lost. If that makes sense. I think they both have that man. And that's what makes them dangerous. That's what makes a team like the Guardians dangerous. Look, when a team has nothing to lose, they have everything to gain. They can go all out. But with the Astros, and I don't even know if I finished my point earlier, but with the Astros this year, this is not the team of 2021 or 20 or, or 2019. This is a different team. This is a team that has Justin Verlander, that has Lance McCullers, that has seven pitchers, seven that are starters. We had one of our starters go five innings, five innings, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, finish a game basically with a reverse start. We need to start a new stat, reverse start, like the ultimate piggyback start. Like let's play six innings, then let's throw in another you know, six or seven, and then, hey, let's let Luis Garcia pitch an entire game and get a win. Like, someone said we're the first team to sweep a three-game series in four games. Love it. This team is different. I believe that the bats show up. I believe that the bats heat up in the ALCS. Jordan Alvarez continues to be a menace to Major League Baseball, and I think that the Astros are going to see really good results. And the ALCS starts Wednesday night. Well, listen, folks, this has been a great evening. Thank y'all for hanging out. And good Lord, I absolutely love our fan base. Guys, I can't begin to tell you right now. I'm just telling you we're inching closer and closer to our goal 
of downloads we want for the year. We set a goal, Eric and I did for the year. We are nearly there. So keep pushing, keep listening, make sure you subscribe, share with your friends. And next show, I'm going to announce the winner of the ALCS um, Jordan Alvarez bobblehead celebrating us getting to 5,000 subscribers. I will announce that as I promised. And I can either meet up this person if they're in Houston or we can make arrangements to get it sent to y'all. Please hit the like button. Please let us know. Comment in the comment section. Ask us questions after the show. And if you go to the game, share with us on social media. Tag at Locked on Astros. And remember, thanks for making Houston Astros, Locked on Astros, your first listen today. Now make your second listen. The Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique in a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as I speak right now, bottom of the ninth, there's no outs, a pitching substitution. The Yankees are up 4-2 to two on the Guardians. With that being said, this is H-Town Wheelhouse. This has been another edition of Locked on Astros. Remember, we are your team every day. And as always, go Strokes. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.